Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers, hosted by me, Jed the Hummerit. It's episode 109, and I'm filling in for Patamaru and Hats on Lamps. For those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and Patamaru, but mostly Patamaru, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. This week, we have another special guest, Gunner116, who will be joining me later in the show to talk about their initial impressions of the latest format changes for Revelations. But before we move on to our main topic, I'd like to plug our Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash farmingeternal, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get access to our show notes and recording bloopers, and you also nudge us toward our Patreon goals. And we always like to thank our patrons, D-Dub, John, Demo, Steve Irwin, Petillion, Loki Trickster, Mercurio Blue, Abednego, Meagles, Madness, Darth Herman 2, Twin Hex, Jed the Homrid, Raven Dragon, Srich0215, Sunblaze, Worked on Sun, and Yistow. We also have a long-standing data collection project here at Farming Eternal. Our listeners mail us their 7-win drafts at farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them on the 7-win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord. We accept exported deck lists and any kind of Eternal Warcry link. We take all this information from our awesome listeners, compile it into a spreadsheet, and do data analysis on it to draw conclusions about the format, and then we share those conclusions with our listeners so we can all benefit. Part of this process is shouting out the listeners that submitted lists to us in the past week, so here goes. And thanks as always to John Holio for entering in all the lists. Our veteran contributors this week are Agent Dynamo, Alabazoo, Beard Broken, Frafa, Full Robot, Gunner116, Raven Dragon, Vader, Yam Yam, and ZS Jostrom35. All right, so as I said in the intro, today I'm joined by Gunner, who um, is going to be helping to share some of his initial impressions with this latest change to the Revelations uh, draft format, where Direwolf has switched the pack order and added some new cards and mechanics to the draft packs for us to play around with and kind of kind of change things up probably leading into you know any new set release or what have you before the the next draft open um so welcome gunner thanks for taking time to join me and share your thoughts yeah welcome well thank you very much thank you hello everyone and so i think maybe it might be great just to as a as an intro just to maybe share how your draft week has been going um with kind of the last handful of drafts you might have done with the new revelations format sure yeah yeah no i luckily i managed to draft a fair bit yesterday and today um being the um the last few days of the new format um so yeah and that's gone it's gone pretty well it's gone pretty well i've managed to get let me just see uh, about 10 drafts done and um and yes yeah, six of those were seven wins so it's gone pretty well um uh it's it's been interesting interesting when always always kind of is just a bit of a change up like when the packs order switches slightly and um we get some new cards to play with play around with because the format's been out for quite a while it feels like it feels like a long time luckily it's been pretty good but um but yeah, it has been around for a while. Yeah, I think that, yes, certainly I've had to pace myself with drafting this format to try to feel like I can not get too burnt out on it. And so far I've only done one one draft of this latest reversal format. Um, went three and three, but you know, I think that the, the games overall were pretty close and pretty fun. Um, and so I think that I'm looking forward to kind of learning more and seeing kind of if it can stay stay fresh um, through whenever the next set releases. So, excellent. Well, uh, I think first, you know, to kind of talk about in more in general, kind of, you know, how you might approach um, a big change like this. I think this is different than just, we've changed some of the card weightings, we've adjusted yeah. some, you know, new cards, you know, with the whole draft pack order changing. 
you know, my experience has been that that can really kind of shake up, um, you know, how how people might need to approach it. And I'm curious to kind of get your, you know, what your approach might be typically with, you know, when you're coming into a format where a lot of the cards are the same, but really the draft order is starting to, it has changed dramatically. Sure. Yeah, yeah. no. So um, in general, I like to take each format kind of on its own. I kind of like to, yes, you've got the cards, you kind of used to playing with them um, from sort of months or, or however long it is. But as soon as something significant like this happens, it kind of changes the whole landscape a little bit um, because yeah, for various different reasons, to be fair, not just the new cards that are added, but the fact that you're seeing packs in a, in, in a different order and um, and stuff like that really kind of changes and switches the evaluations and the context of um, of what's going on. So yeah, I kind of just like, I don't really look too much at the, if I'm honest, I don't really look at the cards that have been added or the waiting. Um, I just kind of like to dive right in just draft and um, open up and say, oh, cool, that's in the format or um, and stuff like that, really. Just kind of experience it as you go along. You, you get blown out a few times, unfortunately, with um, some random tricks, but um, but then you just learn to, uh, that's the best way to learn. Um, I've found is, um, especially the, the new cards as well coming out and stuff like, yeah, you look at the spoilers if you're that way inclined, but just to just get in, if someone attacks and it looks a bit fishy, just blocking and see what happens. Um, and then learning from it is kind of the way I've, uh, I've I've lent into it. So yeah, I just like to to go into it head first and see what I can uh, find out. Yeah, I think that your your point about kind of blocking, you know, and someone has a has a strange attack, you know, I think it's with the size of the draft packs themselves. In general, playing around something is seems pretty challenging. Yeah, for sure. So for sure. You might you might end up kind of playing around stuff that doesn't exist. Um, and so, you know, your your point that learning as you go, taking those lessons are like, oh yeah, that <laughs> that card's there. I will make a mental note to to be aware of when that card could blow me out as opposed to something, you know, playing around ghosts, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely. And um and yeah, also as well, just trying to gauge and um reevaluate cards because some of the cards sort of in the curated packs and stuff like that have been around for years. Um, but in the original format where they come out in, for example, they might not have been great or they might have been really good, but that was dependent on the fact that you know you were drafting two whole packs of that full set. Um Instead of you, you're going to be seeing it a lot less regularly, a certain card, a certain certain synergy and stuff like that. So you can need to kind of take into the fact the context might have changed of where the card is and the, the format as well. Yeah, I think an example to kind of you know follow up on that that from this previous format was kind of going up on cards like Pyre Depth, you know, just cards with three yeah. strength. Yeah. Uh, three attack and you know how they line up as defensive blockers against some of the valor units um whereas before they were very poor blockers you yeah. know um or even very fragile attackers and so i think that that's that's one example that i can think of as far as you know a card yeah that definitely that's surprised. a good example yeah for sure um excellent so I think I like the idea of kind of diving right in. You know, it can be hard to kind of, you know, sift through the impact of the weightings and, um, you know, trying to memorize extensive lists of cards in a, you know, pretty sizable pack um, like the draft pack can be. So that's excellent. Um, with the changing of the pack order, as opposed to just kind of diving into a pack, uh, a format where it's, you know, there's a much more limited set, like a debate, like whatever, like for example, the revelation set is pack one and pack four. Um, do you change your drafting strategy in general when you're looking at certain cards? Um, I think in my mind, I often think that, you know, if you have a very diluted 
pack set, uh, set of cards, synergy effects are going to be less um, reliable, um, especially if they're not necessarily lined up well with the um, base set. Like in the past, there's been a tribal mechanics that maybe have been less effective. Um, I'm just curious kind of if, if there's this, a drafting process strategy rather than just card evaluation strategy that you know you kind of look at when the pack orders are changed like this. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you you, you bring up a good po valid, very valid point with you know having packs one and four of just you know what you're going to get. It's a set limited amount of cards. You know the synergies the designers have put in there, uh, and you can kind of bank on uh, having a decent shot at pulling those off. Um, but once that pack change shifts and the order changes around, you you lose some of that, I find, and um, it becomes a lot harder to to build around certain stuff, especially just because of the basically the curated card pool is so large that you can just you can't guarantee, unfortunately, that you're going to see the pieces that you need on a consistent basis to make it worthwhile, overtaking you know just a generically powerful card that. Um, that he's going to go in a deck of, if you play that faction, it's going to go in that deck and um, you're going to be happy with it opposed to, you know, going for, say, like in the recent sets, you know, discard synergy and stuff. Um, for example, I, I know it's, you couldn't really sort of have like a discard deck as such, um, but you could certainly have cards that capitalize on it um, and have some success, but I don't think you'd be able to do it in this format, for example, because yeah, you're 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 not starting off and seeing those cards. You're basically losing out on a whole pack, right? Because the first pack you can't really you can't really go in um, with that certainty or that sort of that level of certainty, shall we say, that um, you're going to see a certain amount of the cards that you hope to get. Really. Yeah, I I think that you know my you know ex experience and you know comments from you know I. I recall kind of hats observing in the past um, from pack order changes is just that sometimes you're going to be lighter on playables coming out of pack one you yeah. know especially if you're picking from some very mediocre you know filler or really bad cards late in the pack um, and committing too hard to one or even two factions in pack one could really put you at risk of you know, having, you know, to put some really lackluster cards into your deck to actually make a playable count. Um, if, yeah. <laughs> if there are suddenly maybe two different factions open in the middle packs. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think that's a, a good point as well, especially I think in the in the last format, it got slightly better, I think. But um, so that, like you had the original, sorry, you had the original format where the new, set came out then you had a slight change i think a little while ago um where they added some new cards to expedition and stuff like that and now they've switched the the order um certainly for that that first that first iteration um there was quite a i felt like quite a big difference and in some of the past formats as well um between the card quality and the draft packs and the card quality in the create packs um so yes but i feel like in this this early sense of the format anyway the draft packs again are on average a lot higher quality cards than um, than in the uh, curated packs. There's a lot of chaff that's been added, um, a lot of a lot of cards that I've seen like half the pack remaining, and there's not really any good cards left. Um, so yeah, definitely staying. Uh, I think staying open pack one as much as you can and then moving in on pack two and three with the uh, the open stuff is that is the way to go and i think along those lines of trying to stay open do you ever find yourself um trying to if you're you know facing some mediocre cards you know are you starting to value fixing either colorless fixing or just random you know uh, dual influence power that seems to come along over you know a mediocre playable or even or what how does that does that change for you at all absolutely absolutely okay. yeah and um yeah in the in the in the last iteration of the previous set release um there was um 
when they switched the order, yeah, that was quite, a, I was putting a high premium first picking seat powers and stuff like that. Uh, quite some um, medium packs of Alpana Man, just because, yeah, it keeps you open, keeps you flexible, and there's not a lot of fixing. Um, I think it's been mentioned. I've, I've sort, of, sort of seen, I haven't checked the numbers, unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm just going on hearsay. But um, but yeah, I don't think there's too much fixing in, in this particular version of the uh, of the format. So picking that up early, you're always going to play it. You're always going to play Seek Powers. You know, I'd play up to um, three or four, depending on the deck, stuff like that. So it just takes the power out of the power out of the deck, fixes it for you. And um, a similar Bannerman as well. There, um, even though two two is not a great stat line, it still does enough for me to to, uh, to be picked up early. Yeah, I think it, you know some comments that have come across in the Discord recently is just the idea of you know improving your early influence. You know, even if you're dual faction and um, you know enabling splashes, particularly if you are coming out of you know packs two and three or you late in pack four and you're starting to see that your playable count may not be as, yeah. as reliable as you thought. Yeah. So, well, um, I think that, you know, kind of moving on uh, from there, those are some excellent points about kind of just in, in general approaching um, a format change of this type where the packs are reversed. Um, curious now for some more kind of thoughts that you have just on this format in general, you know, I think that, you know, certainly the revelations cards as, as we've referenced still kind of stand out as, you know, the most common cards you're going to be playing with. Um, but I'm curious if, you know, in your 10 or so drafts that you've done so far, have you noticed any patterns with factions and faction pairings that you've found to be pretty consistent and successful and, um so far or even uh you know those that you haven't been that successful with or less consistent you think sure sure yeah so yeah the first um thing that kind of struck me again is that similar to the the last few versions of the format all the colors seem to be pretty balanced there seems to be you know you, as long as you are flexible and um and keep kind of the deck plan in mind you can certainly um, be rewarded, um, especially in sort of packs one and four in the last format, two and three here. So I haven't really got too much of a color preference. I mean, justice is is strong. I think um, probably with just topple and uh, and the bear on turn two, um, as two of the basically the standout commons of the of the format, the format kind of defining cards really. Um, and so you're always going to get, yeah, sort of a, a decent start if you um, if you if you find that justice is open. Um, but yeah, the the ten or so drafts I've done this format, I've actually just had a quick look, and three three of the decks are Elysian, and they've all gone seven wins. So I don't know if that's just a small sample size, but it's felt quite powerful to me. Um, not even being particularly aggressive, just card card advantage card quality and um and yeah just having a, a decent curve shackles is still very good very very good um i i was kind of i've kind of i've always respected the power level and stuff like that and it kind of being like a trump trick so even if someone's got like a i know it's fury or um or like a rapid shot or what have you especially the quick draw tricks it kind of just completely negates them um stops them dead but even you know as using it kind of as like a, a soft counter spell to a behold the truth or something like that it's just so flexible so cheap it's got amplify synergies so um so yeah that's definitely been something that's stood out you know i think each of those decks had at least two shackles in and um every single time i had it pretty much it was it was great yeah i think you're you know to kind of Kind of go back a little bit to your comments about how justice, you know, the the revelations commons, like they're still top commons <laughs> as far as yeah. versus squadrons yeah. and yeah. topple and um, you know time with open way supplier and populous controller yeah. and um, 
you know, Freight Asri and Primal uh, and even Wild Asri, you know, it's just those cards are still there and I think still going to be making their presence felt um, in um, draft after draft. Um, and so I, I think my, my gut kind of going into this is that, um, you know, there might be some slight shifts in kind of relative power level, but that the, you know, I, I suspect, you know, people were very high on the Legion and Combray. Um, in the latest iteration and kind of going into the draft open. Um, and yep. I suspect yep. that those are going to still be very reliable decks to draft if they are open for you um, in those middle packs. I think it's just as, you know, we had commented, the support from the draft packs is going to be less consistent, but there's still some very kind of strong cards there if you're lucky enough to have them Definitely. come across. Um, so yeah, I think that you know it's interesting to hear that you've already had that success with the Legion. It's certainly been a color pairing that uh, that I've enjoyed, um, you know, in the, in the previous version. It's just you know having some of Primal's, Primal's uncommon removal from the draft packs was great, which may be less of a foundation now, but still, as you described. Shackles is an excellent safety valve for a lot of situations and what you're, you know, the fact that it's one power and has all of this flexibility um, for a lot of situations, yeah. you know, it's, it's continued to surprise how something that looks like a fog effect <laughs> to just cancel combat yeah, is yeah. not actually, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's you know, dramatically more impressive than that. So, yeah, like I just as an example that's come to mind now, I had um, an opponent either yesterday or this morning um, buff up their stone scar mall to a 7 4, mm. and it was going to take out one of my, uh, I can't remember exactly the unit it was going to take out, but basically I had just one power up for shackles, just shackle their face, and you know, it just takes <laughs> out their, their whole turn. That's so then, brutal for one power. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. And the, and the fact that you describe that you can scale it up if you've got the flexibility or, you know, even picking off two of their behold attackers so that you survive and crack back, you know, for whatever, you know, it's just, yeah, it does a nice backlash impression in that regard. <laughs> yes, well, not only that, I mean, honestly, it's almost, uh, not quite, but it's getting towards martial efficiency <laughs> impression, to be honest. Um, I'm not quite that oppressive, but... Um, but talking about it now and, and looking at it, yeah, if it was an uncommon, I probably wouldn't complain. You know, it gets that, it's got that power level um, to it, I feel. Excellent. Well, um, I think kind of on the along the lines of that question, you know, it sounds like you've just generally had some pretty um, good success. Is there, you know, a faction pairing that, you know, you don't seem too excited to draft or, you know, or are you still along the lines as I think a lot of people were that, you know, if a faction and faction pairings are open, you'll probably have a pretty, um, pretty good chance, you know, as far as having a successful draft run with it or kind of what are your thoughts on that? Things that you might prioritize. Yeah, less. exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like, yeah, as I've said, you know, staying open is the way to go. But Praxis has seemed a little tricky for me. Um, just looking back over the last month, I had four drafts last month with it. And um, two of them went seven wins. Um, but one of them or one of them went zero three and one of them went two three. So um, a little bit of hit or miss on that. And I think it's that might be something to do with the card site, the sort of site pulling in different directions. You know, you've got the aggressive red two drops, you know, the 3-1 Valor, um, the Foot Soldier, and um, the Commando and stuff like that, which are generic, generically good cards and you, you play them, but they don't really like lean themselves into too much the game plan of, you know, open way suppliers, populist controllers, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's been yeah. a little bit, that's... Sorry, yeah, they definitely don't pair, pair well when, when you're also possibly drafting nurturing sentinels as one force. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, 
it does seem like to me the fact that the you know the higher strength attack units can't you know their flexibility in a sense to deal with attacking valor units certainly kind of seems like they could lean that way but they're certainly not at their most effective if you're trying to not attack when you've just triggered your um, commando to cast rampage <laughs> on your open yeah. way supplier. Um, that's, that's not something I think your opponent may very well block that when they when they attack. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> does it? Maybe he's not using it to its full potential, but you know, certainly can be harder to come come together. And um, yeah, no, I think that for me the um, you know, it sounds like a lot of people were lower on fire in general um, coming in. And, you know, it's uh, looking at some of the draft pack changes. The, the, some of the cards added for fire seem pretty, pretty lackluster. Um, yeah. With, the, you know, some of the 4-1 the kind of tribute that gets plus one, plus one for three power um, and hip shot has a yeah. Two damage, slow shock with warp for three. That is, seems, well, awkward. Seems like it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, awkward in a lot of situations. Um, you know, I, I think I'm I'm nervous about drafting fire, and I actually haven't really drafted a fire deck in quite some time. Um, so I'll be interested to see what comes along that kind of pulls me away from some of the primal commons and uh justice commons and time commons and the revelations packs because uh, I, I remember that early in the you know of this revelations format fire was very highly thought of um and yeah. you know yes decks were seeming to kind of carry the day um, but that certainly has the uh, format has kind of settled down to be seemingly a bit slower and long game plans um have a lot going for them for sure. Well, um, are there any kind of specific cards or card types that you, you know, are valuing less or more um, as this? I think we covered some of this in our kind of the general takes, but um, curious if kind of you have any other thoughts on, you know, when you're looking at those card evaluations, kind of what you're steering clear from or trying to, to lean into more. Yeah, so as we alluded to, really, anything kind of synergistic is not going to be too high on the radar for me because you're not guaranteed the level of consistency that I'd like um, to see to pull it off on a regular basis. Um, so, you know, you've got discard synergies, as I mentioned, um, but um, this the format, to be honest, ha wasn't too synergistic anyway, really. Um, unless I'm like, unless I'm forgetting, <laughs> you realize a list of synergies that I'm just um, I'm thinking of. But yeah, there, there wasn't. It's not like you say, like a tribal set or um, or you know, a set built around a discard pile or, or stuff like that. So yeah, or they've added some generically powerful cards which are the ones I, I, I would be looking at more than um than others and i think we'll get to it a bit later on but the, some of the mechanics that have been added as well um disincentivize blocking even more or at least trading so cards that um cards that you're looking to to use to do that for which i guess are kind of medium static units i suppose yeah, you kind of you kind of just need them anyway. So yeah, it's more it's more to do with the play style than specific cards, I guess. When you're when you're looking at that kind of um, that kind of interaction. So yeah, there's not there's not too there's not, no card yet that's hit out and stuck out to me like actually that's been bad, that's been bad, that's been bad. You know, like that's stuck in my mind just yet of um of having to think less of right now but that's certainly could change because yeah it's still quite early days yeah yeah i think you're to your point that you know i my experience too has been this is not a synergy based draft format um the only synergy deck 
kind of really is when you're deep into Argentport discard, I think, before this, um, where you're <laughs> valuing or playing ransacks or things like that to, you know, discard the 4-3 mm -hmm. um, or 3-2 or whatever the the multi-faction Argentport two, yeah, common. Yeah, yeah to take yeah. your 4-3 off of it. Um, so though that, in a sense, seems like it could be harder to reliably put together um, unless it's super open uh, just because again we've talked to kind of what you're getting out of pack one is really going to be hard to predict um, and a little bit kind of more luck based um, but yeah stealth and intrigue and uh, valor and the tandem things like they're all just generically like yeah, all you need is two attacking units, and all you need to do is play a stealth <laughs> unit. So it's not really yeah. like there's not, you know, maybe the build around uncommon was a ring of glamour, the Elysian one that kind of like triggers off of stealth might seem less effective, but I, I don't know how highly of a pick that was for many people. I certainly at one point in the past had a player play three of them and kind of wreck me <laughs> with their <laughs> card advantage, but that's that might be me to be fair. That's I have it once. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a deck with um with two. I don't think I've had three before. But okay. when it comes together, it is it is yeah. quite cool. It is quite good. Grab all those rolling fogs last pick and cyber hyenas and stuff and just draw cards <laughs> and uh and yeah. 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 <laughs> you can do some stuff. Well, um, let's see then. It sounds like kind of, you know, just as you know, as, as you said, we're still early and there's a lot to just kind of raw power level for a lot of these cards that is going to be guiding a lot of draft picks. Um, now I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on, you know, there's been a couple new um, mechanics added to the draft packs, uh, specifically warp and tribute. Um, and I'm curious in the games that you've played kind of how you felt like they've affected gameplay um for you and you know how how meaningful these additions seem or if they're kind of smaller kind of tweaks sure yeah yeah well i think one of them is a smaller tweak and uh that will be warp it's just a, a value mechanic for me i mean I, I the first draft of the format i think it was i i think i either first or second picked the matriarch i want to say mm -hmm. um that's a 5-4 primal primal um, six drop. That's a 5-4 flyer. That's um, when you warp it or warp a card, you just draw a card. Um, and you know, that's just a, that's a card that if your opponent can't deal with it, it's just gonna win the game. So I remember kind of in the format, I'm, I'm terrible with the format names, unfortunately for Eternal. I haven't committed them to memory, <laughs> but the format that it originally came out in, um, you could build around it because or certainly build towards it where you could take, you know, end up with six, seven, eight, nine, ten warp cards. And then admittedly, because it's a sip drop, you're going to be drawing them not always in the right order, but it's just extra value. You're drawing a card anyway when you warp it effectively right off the top. So yeah. you're drawing basically two cards, which um, yeah, is pretty good, pretty good. Um, and so I'm looking at sort of the warp stuff. I'm still not entirely sure of all the cards that are available, but yeah, I just like to blink, uh, blink wolf. Yeah, blink wolf. Yeah. Um, the two drop two one. Um, you know, I'll be, I'll, I'll run that. Um, just because if you have it on top of it, it's, it's really, really good to draw cards. Uh, yeah. Limited, and you can. Build an advantage. So I've been, I played Entangling Vines. I've been playing that. Um, I haven't played Hip Shot just yet, but there's been there's been a few just cards that's even though yeah they are a little bit more expensive, but um, some of them unfortunately aren't great. And there seem to be quite more of those cards that aren't great than are great with Warp. They just kind of give you unit flying because that's kind of a trick that's so um, so time and window dependent. You're not always going to, you're very rarely, to be fair, I would say, going to want to do it. You might have something else to do. You might be on the back foot. You can't really afford to take, to pay two just to give your unit flying and get in there. It might not even be a good attack. You might even have a unit 
so it's so situational that um that yeah you're not the value of the warp cards is when you get to warp them off the top um so high alert i will say is back and that's been that's been good so far um i i like that quite a lot there's it's a it's a very nice feeling to high alert off the top and eat a unit or uh, or ambush someone definitely yeah i think that's a, a mental note that i i need to kind of remind myself of from when high alert was pre initially released is even if your opponent is empty-handed and they have four power open and they're playing justice, <laughs> it's like yes. you're yes. not you're not safe <laughs> necessarily. No. So no, absolutely. And, and I think the same you know can be kind of said for time with blink you know three blink, three yeah. time available, and you know you cast a combat trick or something and it's like or a you know removal spell. It's the, the shields are not completely down for your opponent, and so I think it's. It certainly adds another dimension of um, what could my opponent have when they could yeah. be playing from the top of their deck. Um, yeah. Granted, a lot of the warp cards are still, you know, units or slow speed spells like entangling vines. Um, but you know, warp warp variants, I think, as far as being able to get you that extra card, um, certainly can provide value uh, i i do worry about the kind of synergy stuff of getting something like matriarch to pay off consistently um but yeah it's it's certainly something that i think adds an interesting gameplay dynamic to the drafts as a you know even if it's not dramatically changing the drafting process it's just a little wrinkle yeah just another little wrinkle to um to keep in the back of your mind yeah um Excellent. And so kind of what's been your take on tribute? Because uh, that's the other um, uh, main. Oh, and I guess for people who did, just to kind of re-clarify, you know, for any newer players who haven't played with Warp, you know, that's the, the mechanic that um, basically allows you to play the card from the top of your deck um, if if you have the power open and the timing timing is correct. Um, so and influence as well. Sorry, I'll just and, add because I, I do remember a time when I was streaming um, and I tried to warp a Deathwing off the top and I didn't have a shadow. And I was oh. I thought it was a bug. I thought it was a bug. So you need to influence people as well when you are yeah. trying to warp. Yeah, which also warp can. Um, I think I, I've had the experience of playing an open way supplier with a warp unit on the top of my deck, and so there could be some sequencing sequencing things there if you see a tiny warp unit for some reason yeah, um, yeah maybe you definitely. maybe you want to hold off on playing that supplier if you can but um i was fortunate enough i had um locust hatcher which is a six time time five five with warp and that got killer so that was pretty great <laughs> it's like it's like i see that's not that hit that's not a bad hit yeah <laughs> so uh, but yeah um so yeah, sorry. Go ahead. You were going, I think you were going to just give a quick description of tribute. Yeah. So with tribute. So that's the other new mechanic, new old mechanic that's been added. And tribute basically gives a spell or a unit um, an effect. Um, often when you play it, um, so it's a kind of like a summon effect. Um, when a unit goes to your void. And so that can either be a death trigger, so you know something is killed in combat or from a removal spell, or sacrificed, um, you know, for some effect like playing Devour, and you you know sacrifice it and then play your tribute card, um, or it can be actually a discard effect. So if you mill um, or discard from your hand, that will also count for tribute, um, which adds a little bit of flexibility to it, especially with some of the Argent Court um, and Shadow discard stuff. Um, but, you know, I think that that's the, the main new mechanic. And so I'm curious kind of how you, how that seemed to play out for you in your kind of game so far. Yeah. So I haven't, um, haven't seen it have too much of an effect just yet, but certainly I think it will because it does tie in nicely with Valor. You want to be attacking, um, and you want to be putting pressure on your opponent so they can't really take it 
they can't take the damage forever, so they're going to have to trade. And then that's when you get your extra value from the tribute. So the guard dog is a good example, which is a three, three drop, three, three that gets plus one, plus one. And having that as a four, four on turn three is um, super nice. You get in your, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't really block a bear on uh, Ursa Squadron on turn two anyway, but if you somehow can, then, um, and you trade, uh, and your opponent slaps down a 4-4, four, four, um, you're going to be in rough shape. So, yeah, it's um, it ties in very nicely with Valor, incentivizes attacking, and it adds another wrinkle, I guess, as well, when um, your opponent is attacking, and it looks like they're just sacrificing a unit. Normally, it would be just like a combat trick you have to think of, but now you also have to think, okay, if they don't have a combat trick, what kind of tribute units are they going to play? Um, I've been gotten um, a couple of times now by there's a, it wasn't very good in its original format. That's why I think it's got me. Um, is a, it's a three drop justice card, uncommon, um, zero three, that yeah. when you get tribute, you stun a unit and then the, that unit you play, the zero three gets the power equal to the unit's power. Um, so someone got an eight three one of those against me earlier on today, which um, oh which was yeah, which was a big swing swing around when you're uh, when they're just attacking in with a cyber hyena actually they had so they had to attack anyway. So um, so oh what could possibly go wrong? Turns out quite a lot <laughs> could go wrong. Uh, okay, I'll give you the card. Fair enough, you can take the card. Yeah. Oh actually no, there's more. Um, so yeah, it definitely adds another uh, layer. Of complexity to decisions when you're blocking and it's i think going to change some evaluations like cyber hyena i've always been higher than most people i think on it because i don't tend to play aggressive it's not good good in aggressive decks but it's very good against aggressive decks because they have to you know they don't want to take a turn off because it might be a cyber hyena you trade your cyber hyena for their foot soldier and you draw a card that's like super backbreaking for an aggressive deck to go against. Um, whereas if you're being aggressive, they can just, you know, take the hit or just block it um, and draw a card once they've taken one hit. So I think that's going to be a unit, you know, now not only are you going to have to think about, okay, do I want to give them the card or do I want to just take two damage? Now you're also going to think, okay, do I want to give them tribute as well, which is um, an interesting decision point to have well i um, think we've certainly been incentivized to just snap block a lot of um stealthy yes yeah and you know because if it's a thorn crawler you know <laughs> you want to get yeah. you want to try to get that off the board and not have the the life swings that it can lead to but now when you kill your thorn crawler and they follow up with a you know a four <laughs> four four uh for three or you know some yeah. other kind of tribute effect you're you're going to be in a in a in a potentially much worse situation yeah exactly and that's um that's one of the cards as well that i think i've always again i was always quite high on form crawler because your opponent can't really ignore it and um and shadow as well all the other shadow three drop stealth units you have to block them you're right you can't yeah. you can't be giving people cards with the operative and you can't let the leather hide through to start growing. So um, I think it's it's not only is it like quite a good card on its own anyway, it's also benefited from the faction that it's in. Um, and now people, okay, okay, I'm not going to block it, take a hit, but you can't just ignore it because four life still is a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, one other... Oh, yeah, a situation that I had, which is probably going to be a little, hopefully a little less common, was um, I had a populist controller. I was like, I've stabilized, and I was at a low life total, and someone had the 2-1 uh, faceless, the faceless agent. There's a 2-1 shadow unit for one where it can't block, but if you yeah. discarded it, you play it from your void. Um, yeah. And they attacked in with that against my six drop. And I was like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do I take the two chip damage? Because this <laughs> seems suspicious. Um, either they've got the 
they've got the devil in Noah's fury that's going to punish me or <laughs> they've, yeah. you know, something else. And so I let it through and then they played the um, brand without fear. It's a four fire um, you relic weapon for five, two, that if you tribute, they draw an eight, six, like berserk, you know, some massive oh, okay. unit. That's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so sadly they also had, they could, they were able to kill my populist controller because they also had the like, one damage agile strike <laughs> so i was kind of screwed either way <laughs> but it's just like you know it's these situations that you're gonna have to be thinking about why is my opponent doing this <laughs> they they have to have something that could be beneficial and you know because i think most of the time bluff attacking is you know it's a very small amount of maybe win percentage but i think that where you're incentivized to attack um, suspiciously in situations, it's just, it's going to be, have to be high on your radar that your opponent has a plan and that plan yeah. is to kill you. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've tried, there's a, a magic player, Michael Jacob, who um, streams quite a lot. And um, yeah, you know, he, he's very fond of saying opponents are robots. Um, yeah. And um, they're not just like, mindlessly clicking buttons they they have a plan and they're um yeah the plan is usually to to beat you so you have to try and get into their head a little bit and think about why excellent well um i think that you know, as you said it sounds like for the new um New mechanics warp is kind of there as added value, probably a little less synergy. And tribute also maybe has some mild synergy with discard stuff, but mostly synergizes with what your opponents are going to be trying to do. Is it attacking, you know, you know, reasonably statted units into your units and hoping to trade and get some additional value? So, I think definitely something to be on the lookout for um, as this format kind of matures. And you know. I think in closing, um, I'm curious to get your sense about this draft format overall and kind of what do you think, you know, what has led you to come back draft after draft? Um, and, you know, with the clearly the length of time that Revelations has been um, the draft format we've been playing um, certainly seems longer than many that we've had in the past, but um, kind of what's been what's been what have you been finding kind of enjoyable about it yeah yeah i i didn't particularly like the format at the start um because yeah it seemed like okay you can't block that's, that's it doesn't seem particularly um fun and interactive but it grew on me it certainly grew on me and then yeah it's kind of the format's matured a bit it's slowed down um all the colors, especially with the buff to Freight Asri, I think that really helped Fire, oh, sorry, Primal, um, get a leg up and um, up to where it needs to be, you know, buffing it from a 1-4 to a 2-4. It doesn't sound like much, but it made quite a big difference. And, um, and yeah, the overall, the whole balance of the format has been pretty good. And I think that means that you, you don't get bored because if, if you have like a, like a, a tribal set or what have you, you know, you, you draft one in five decks, one in four decks, maybe might might be fine of a particular tribe, but there's only that particular deck that you have. Whereas if the format's more like this, just generically strong cards that you can put together, sometimes you get, you know, a, a sweet Argent discard deck or a cool a Skycrag tandem where you're going off and attacking with two units and, and stuff like that but the majority of the time it's just a good curve good creature base good removal and um and yeah you can you can do some quite powerful things in the format um behold the truth getting nerfed as well i think it was quite good it wasn't particularly oppressive and in general you know that the the uncommons in this format haven't been as game warping as the uh in the last format you know there's no auto tread there's no martial efficiency um on a regular basis you still get them but instead of being you know once a run you get them once every couple of weeks or whatever so it helps keep the format fresh 
if if all the decks are viable, all the colors are, are viable, all the color pairs and stuff, even mm-hmm. beyond pairs, if you branch out into three, four factions and stuff like that, which you could do as the format slowed down, certainly last format. Um, I quite enjoyed that. You know, I've mentioned the, a couple of Ring of Glamour decks as well that come off quite nicely if they're there. And um, and yeah, the fact that the format can go through like a, can start off really quickly and then gradually slow down, I think is a good indication that it's a good format. And um, Excellent. And yeah, yeah. I, I think that for me, I don't know, the games that I've played, I've generally felt like I was in them, you know, there, there's, there's a lot, there's decisions to be made at different yeah. points in that game, yeah. you know, trying to, again, build your deck to, I think, accommodate how can I block more effectively or take care of early kind of difficult to block units um, and how that kind of shifted. I, you know, started really liking a lot of the two damage relic weapons um, to deal with Ursus squadrons and, you know, fire shadow units and what have you. But um or fire stealth units, but just the idea, I think also initially I was wary of stealth. Like I'm somebody who more unknown information, it feels like a handicap for me. <laughs> as far as <laughs> not, not, and so it's like, I think, but once I, you know, spent some time digesting it and kind of reading yeah. people's thoughts, it became more manageable, but it's still not like you there's still a choice to make about, you know, when when do I block? What you know? What did they play? What is this most likely to be? Um, how badly will I be punished if I don't block? <laughs> so it's just like, um, you know, I think it's it, it definitely leads to some um, interesting gameplay um, that has, you know, kept me coming back. Even though my drafting frequency hasn't 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 been the most drafted format that I've had so far for a lot of reasons, but it's not necessarily the gameplay itself. <laughs> So, that's cool. excellent that's cool. well i think that um appreciate i think that kind of you know wraps up what you know a lot of you know kind of the questions that i had and i you know appreciate you taking time to share your thoughts on this uh how this format has started out for you um and i'm just you know curious to see how things might evolve um and settle down as kind of we all get more reps in with this new format kind of as we await the next draft pack changes and um or you know format uh, set dropping from direwolf um and certainly if you know anybody has any thoughts that you know you'd like to add or kind of things that you know comments that they have from kind of this conversation feel free to post on reddit or share you know share those thoughts in our discord channel um and yeah otherwise that's our show um thank you again to all our patrons for making this show a success and for those of you who are not patrons please consider giving us a five-star rating and review on itunes stitcher or google play you can also join in our discord to share your thoughts um, on this and other episodes as i said before there's a link in our show notes and then finally thumbs up all of raven dragon's reddit posts uh, and don't forget to send all seven win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. Remember to keep on farming. Thanks Bye. For Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>